Welcome to our special Money in Esports series on SportsGeek. On this episode, I share my keynote, Esports for Brands. Welcome to SportsGeek, the podcast built for sports digital and sports business professionals. And now, here's your host who enjoys building digital rate cards, Sean Callanan. Thanks, DJ Joel. Yes, my name is Sean Callanan, and you are listening to Sports Geek, a special Money in Esports series recapping and sharing the content and conversations from our Money in Esports event that we held in Sydney on August 9. Um, if you are finding us, finding me for the first time, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you might be listening on the regular feed, Sports Geek, which you can find at sportsgeekhq.com. Or you might be finding this series for the first time via sgesports.com. If you do so, please check out the regular feed. Look up SportsGeek in all of your podcast platforms. Um, So this series, over five days, uh, we're going to share the content from the Money in Sport series. This first one is me presenting... My keynote, Esports for Rands. Um, and it's very similar to the Esports 101 session that I run uh, for boards or executives uh, to give them a bit of an overview of the world of esports and a QA session. So if you're interested in the world of esports, uh, trying to understand how your team brand can get involved, whether it's a sponsorship piece, an investment piece, um, or trying to understand how to better best enter the esports or gaming market, please. Uh, reach out. Uh, we do both the one-on-one sessions, uh, esports workshops, which are a half day or a full day exploring the options in esports and gaming. Um, or if you want a full esports feasibility, um, we're happy to do a deep dive and and provide recommendations on what you can do in the esports and gaming space. Um, as learned from my experience of now being in esports, as now an owner of an esports team in Gravitas, uh, as DJ Joel said there in the intro. Um, I'm not going to play League of Legends against my Gravitas boys. I know where my strengths lie. Um, this is also a preview to the Melbourne Esports Open, um, which is happening this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, August 31 and September 1st. Um, and I'm actually running a Melbourne Esports Open guided tour uh, with my GM of Esports, Brandon Afina, former pro player. Um, so if you are interested in attending the Melbourne Esports Open, but you also want a little bit of an insight on what the games are there, the different titles, how they work, what esports is. Uh, we will be taking a group uh, around um, the Melbourne Olympic Park precinct and explaining what we've learnt around esports and taking your questions. Uh, if you'd like to join us on that tour, go to sgesports.com slash MEO tour uh, to secure your spot. It's going to be limited. We're not going to have a big group, um, but if you want to know about esports and understand what you should go see um, over the weekend. Uh, We'd love to see you there. Uh, Here is my keynote from the Money in Esports event. So, yeah, just as we get started, this is the the plan for today. Um, I'm going to make myself. uh, My name is Sean Callanan, do the old introduction thing. Um, I'm the MC for today. I'm going to do a keynote of what I've learned in the world of esports over the past uh, seven months as a still relatively new entrant into the space. Um, then I'm going to bring in some people who have been in it far longer than I have 
to talk about the esports scene here in Australia um, and what they've learnt um, in working across multiple titles. Uh, then I'm going to sit down with uh, Rob O'Gorman from uh, Tennis Australia and teach us a little bit about his experience in esports where they brought a Fortnite tournament uh, inside one of the major uh, events, sports events here in Australia in the Australian, uh, Australian Open and what entailed in that um, and what they learned is from a Tennis Australia point of view working with Epic Games and understanding what Fortnite fans do. Um, then we've got Ben Nielsen. Uh, ben Nielsen, there you go. We've got too many Bens. I'm already uh, stuffing up their names. Uh, ben Allen from Nielsen uh, to talk about uh, uh, the data and the audiences of, of esports. And then I'm going to be talking to Darpen about the McLaren Shadow Project and how they've used uh, gaming and esports to identify drivers and what it means for McLaren and why a Formula One team would uh, dive into the world of esports. And then we're going to close the discussion on what broadcast is and the broadcasting of of esports, the discussion around uh, Twitch and shoutcasting and streamers and the like. So that's pretty much going to be uh, the day at the moment. uh, We're only missing one panellist, but I'm assured that MJ is on his way from from Sydney. And I'm also assured that there's multiple people in the room that can do an MJ impersonation if he doesn't turn up. Uh, So with that... that, uh, Having any more breaks? Uh, we'll get started. So, yeah, so I'm going to do the introduction. So, yes, my name is Sean Callanan. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, um, I started Sports Geek 10 years ago. Uh, before Sports Geek, I was a geek, so I was a coded developer for 15 years um, and saw a real opportunity in the sports market to help sports fans better connect with their teams uh, via digital. Um, and so that's sort of the space that I've been in working with uh, teams and leagues and athletes um, in the sports uh, sphere in helping them understand uh, uh, digital and how they can leverage it to better connect with fans. Um, I've got a weekly uh, podcast uh, with about 240-odd episodes now um, where I interview sports executives and what I've been doing over the past couple of years is also diving in to look at esports. So I've also got a bunch of guests that are from the esports world. Uh, Some of them are here today. Um, And I'm also happy to uh, take on hecklers. So if you want to put your hand up at any time, uh, please do so. I did uh, the Melbourne Comedy Festival uh, last year, so happy to take on hecklers. Uh, So why am I here from from an esports point of view? Um, Short story, um, I'm now an an esports owner. The guys at Riot Games uh, uh, put up the opportunity to bid for a team in the OPL um, and we went through that process, and out of that process came uh, Gravitas. So that's my team. Um, they are sitting on a tarmac in uh, Melbourne at the moment. Um, but, yeah, that's what an esports team looks like. Sort of looks like a boy band. Um, <laughs> so that's my team. And so what I want to do today is give, it a, give a bit of an explainer, and this is sort of the story that I've been telling uh, uh, teams and, and brands and people interested in esports um, and how I go about explaining it. It's interesting to have people who are actually in esports. Um, I'm looking forward to the grades after, after the event on whether I've got this right or wrong. Uh, but this is my view of it. And it is deliberately uh, pointed towards people who understand uh, the world that I've come from in the world of sport and, uh, and sponsorship. So I describe esports as the fastest growing uh, sports segment in the world. Um, and if you look at the numbers from an audience point of view, and Ben will dive into these more when he looks at the, the Nielsen report, um, they're growing year on year. 
uh, both from a casual fan and from an engaged fan. And that's because the content uh, is is growing every year. And again, we'll talk about uh, Twitch and how it's a major player in the space uh, later in a later panel. From an audience point of view, again, I'm not going to dive in uh, too much on this because Ben's going to go through it. Um, you know, the reason that uh, brands and sponsors and people are paying attention to esports is the demographic. Um, the demographic of gamers and the demographic of, of, of esports overall in that uh, it's, uh, it's a young male demographic, highly engaged, watching a lot of gaming and esports. Um, and it's actually, you know, studies have shown both here and in other parts of the world, it's normally a little bit older than uh, most marketers think. Um, you know, I spoke at a youth marketing conference uh, a couple of months ago um, and a lot of those marketers were looking at uh, uh, thinking that it's teenage boys, which is part of the market, um, but that might be different for different, uh, different titles, which I'll, which I'll go through. So this is how I've been explaining uh, the esports landscape, uh, especially in the world of sports, uh, and trying to help people understand what it all is. Now, this is not an exhaustive explanation. There's a lot of logos missing. Um, but for mine, this is a way that I've sort of explained uh, the differences and the similarities between esports and sports. So at the very top um, of, of the slide, we have the publishers. They're the people that produce the games. Uh, so uh, people like Riot Games. We've got Chris here from Riot Games um, in the audience, Valve, Activision, Blizzard, EAT2. They're the people, they're the, they're the developers. They produce the games. And so then those games, some of those games become esports. And so if you're a sports fan, you can consider esports titles like sports, right? So whether it's AFL or NRL or cricket or basketball, in professional sports, they're all different sports. Um, and so in esports, uh, we have different titles. So whether it's League of Legends, Counter-Strike, Dota, Call of Duty, um, or the sports simulator uh, type ones like NBA 2K and, and FIFA and the like. And so that's, that, they're, the, they're the different titles. Um, now, the, the distinction is, and again, I haven't got every single title that has become an eSport. Um, the distinction also is trying to uh, clarify the difference between gaming and eSports, right? So gaming is everyone who plays, right? And I could probably ask everyone to put up their hand, but a lot of people will play some kind of game whether that's Candy Crush or Fortnite or NBA 2K or League of Legends, then if you're doing that, then you're a gamer. Whereas eSport is the professional side of that. It's the best of the best playing off one-on-one. -on -one. So we can go have a kick of the footy down the park and say we're playing AFL, right? But the boys over here that actually play AFL, they're the professionals, right? And so that's the difference between gaming and eSports. eSports is the best of the best playing off one another. And so that happens in multiple ways, it's either happening in, in, in tournaments uh, run for a specific title and sometimes that's run by the publisher. So in the case of Riot, uh, the OPL, the Oceanic Pro League is run by Riot. They run leagues around the world. In other instances, they have uh, promoters and tournament organisers that licence the game and run those tournaments and leagues for them. Uh, we'll have Ben on later from ASL. They're one of those operators that run different tournaments for the games. And then the other one is in the sports space is where you see the sports league, leagues running the tournaments because it's adjacent to the sport. And so that's what we're seeing with 
Premier League running E-Premier League, we're seeing A-League running E-League, and we've seen the NBA roll out its fourth league with NBA 2K League. And it's very easy then for sports to get into that type of game because they understand the game and it's adjacent to what they play every day. So if you understand that, that there's these tournaments or leagues being run, um, then the people who are competing um, in these team formats are like basketball teams, netball teams, cricket teams, football teams. And so they can play in one title or multiple titles. And so when you're looking at, hey, it's an esports team, if you think of it, if you come from a sports background, like a football team or like a basketball team, it has those same opportunities. Then the last panel that we're going to talk about is about broadcast. And this is where it's a really big difference because in traditional sports, it's all about TV first, the money coming from free-to-air, then pay TV. Whereas in esports, it's all driven online. Twitch is the major player. YouTube is a player. Uh, Mixer from Microsoft is trying to be a player. It's in that, it's in that space. And so that's where, it is, that's where it is completely different. Twitch provides a completely different viewing experience than traditional TV um, in that it has integrated chat and people are talking while the, uh, uh, while the action is going on. Um, but then we are also seeing in traditional, uh, in other parts of the world, traditional TV broadcasters starting to get involved in esports, whether it's ESPN showing different titles, uh, Turner Sports showing um, its e-league and even Channel 10 showing some, some esports in the, in the past uh, couple of years. So that's, that gives you a bit of a feel, at least from my point of view, of what the landscape uh, looks like. And I wanted to share some of the stuff from uh, Simon Kemp uh, from Kepios. They run, they share a regular global digital trends report um, and have been doing so for many years. I caught up with him earlier this week for a podcast chat, um, mainly because his latest report included esports for the first time. Right, they've been producing reports uh, on digital trends. And so they've included some of these, uh, some of these new stats on what does the overall internet audience, uh, what are they doing? And some of these stats are now, uh, uh, have been included in uh, last, last month's report. So according to his, his data, which is available at datareportal.com, uh, you know, 22% of the world's internet, right, which is 3 billion, 3.5 billion people, 22% um, have said they've watched an esports tournament recently. Um, so it's, it's saying that people are starting to watch it. Now, that number may seem low because it's the total internet audience. When Simon started diving into the demographics of who's doing that, obviously it's skewing younger that are saying, yes, they're watching esports. Then the other part of it is, because esports is not everything online, is how many people are watching live streams of video games, which would be streaming, which again is something we'll talk about in the broadcast channel. And these numbers are effectively double what those esports numbers are, which again, I think represents the opportunity of getting more of these fans uh, watching esports. And then the last one I've included just because it, I think it's relevant. Um, it's a slide that I'm always stealing when I'm sharing uh, what are the latest social media trends across the world. This is the latest chart. Again, I don't have to uh, make a poll for you to know that Facebook's the, the biggest, 2.3 billion users, and YouTube is second. Um, but what I'm always looking at when Simon updates these uh, slides is what's, what are the up-and-comers um, down, down below. And the latest entrant there um, is Discord. 
So just by a show of hands, I know the gamers will put their hand up. Who knows what Discord is? Okay, we've got a lot of gamers in the, in the, in the room. Discord is the messaging and chat platform for gamers. So if you use Slack, it's Slack for gamers, right? And so the fact that that's now getting on these kind of charts gives you an understanding of that the community and audience that's happening around gaming and esports is definitely definitely part of that. So why are people interested in esports, right? It's this guy, right? They want to reach uh, this esports fan um, at an event. So I think this one was taken at uh, Melbourne Esports Open. I don't know what was happening on the screen for cause that face, right? It might have been a barren steel, um, or, or something of the like. Um, but how do brands and how do sponsors and how do uh, businesses connect with this fan? Um, you know, he's 22 years old. He doesn't watch TV. He doesn't listen to the radio. He runs ad blockers on his, on his web, on his uh, browser. So as a marketer, how do you reach them, right? It's really, really difficult. Um, and so one of the reasons I'm now in esports is... I think esports offers a really good channel uh, to reach to reach these reach this guy. So what I want to do is sort of give you some examples of how brands are now engaging esports audiences um, in a global sense with some global examples, which will set up and frame the conversation for later today on what the opportunities are. So what do what are, what are brands doing in esports? Well, at a global level. We're seeing partnerships like this form. So MasterCard uh, made a partnership with League of Legends around their esports uh, property and have formed these global partnerships. And that partnership is less than 12 months old. Right, million uh, millions of dollar pa- uh, partnerships to be a to be a global partner. So Mastercard is seeing the vision of our future customers are watching are watching esports. We're seeing esports broadcasts and touch wood planes in shoe. You'll hopefully see an esports broadcast later today, but you start seeing esports broadcasts looking more like TV broadcasts, right? Whether it's a State Farm logo there um, in the OPL, you'll see a you'll see the golden arches as the guys go into Champ Select because McDonald's are sponsoring the OPL because they want to reach that audience. So there's that asset, the same assets that we see on AFL uh, before the game and all those kind of things, they're starting to get integrated into eSports broadcasts. And it's still so new, like even that MasterCard deal. I remember watching the Worlds last year and watching Twitch chat and watching fans argue whether it was a good idea that they had a MasterCard logo on the screen or not, right? That's how new it is. And there's fans going, why they got the logo there? We don't need a logo. And other people are going, hey, they're giving money to what we love. This is awesome. It's growing the industry. Like that conversation, you can watch it happen um, in the chat. So you're seeing integration in broadcast. You're seeing other things like branded content. Um, You know, if I didn't tell you... Reckless was an esports star, you could think this is a, a video at the Australian Open, right? Branded content, showing people, um, showing off the car. The auto industry seems to be one that is uh, leaning into esports a lot globally. Kia have just made a lot of partnerships with 
the European League of Legends uh, championships. So more and more of those things of the athletes themselves, the esports players being influencers and being leveraged for content um, is available. So the same way you see AFL, NRL stars in, in content and ads, you'll start seeing more esports stars in that space. Then the last, and then the other piece is how do you activate as a sponsor, you know, in game? And so in this case, this is a, um, again, from the League of Legends uh, European Championship, Shell um, activate when the Baron is, is fired up. And so it's the Baron Power Play brought to you by Shell. Again, someone at Shell has said, why do we want to be in this space? Who should we, who should be engaging with? Who's our future customers? And they've ended up saying, we want to be integrated in the broadcast. And these are the things that can be developed in esports across multiple titles. And then I think the last piece, and this is a bit that sort of really opens up, I guess, my eyes of, I guess, the global opportunity. And again, another auto partner started to use esports and using it as an aspirational piece to say, hey, we want to be aligned with esports and the stars. Um, take a look at this. So I don't know about you, but I'm not sure if you walked in today and hadn't seen that, you would be thinking, oh, I'm going to see Mercedes doing esports advertising, right? Again, they've looked at their data and said, well, our future customers are watching this now. They're filling stadiums. And that, you know, although that stadium was uh, in Europe, you could have been at Kudos Arena in May for the Intel Extreme Masters, you would have seen the same sort of fervour in the stands, um, I know when I showed, I've showed this and my team has been in the audience, they've all come up to me and said, can we get Mercedes cars as well? I'm like, we're not quite there yet, guys. But again, that's all, all to be aspirational. Um, so we're seeing it being integrated into traditional advertising. And then we're also seeing traditional sports partners get involved from an apparel point of view. So the LPL and Nike did a big deal. Uh, where Nike's the apparel partner for all of the on-stage uh, on apparel and then they've been looking at what does performance apparel look like in esports. Um, there was recently just re uh, released an esports shoe. Again, these guys are sitting in their chairs. I don't exactly know what the esports shoe is going to provide, but that's exactly what's being developed. The one thing I think is interesting about this Nike partnership is they're not just doing it to sell more jerseys. They're also looking at what does high performance look like in esports, right? And they're trying to help reprogram, uh, I guess, the perception of gamers. And I know, at least from my point of view, and looking at uh, players in the scene here, players are taking their health and wellness more, uh, more serious and, sh and sharing that message that, well, if you want to be a pro, you've got to look after yourself, you've got to go to the gym, you've got to sleep well. Um, that kind of message is a good one for esports to share. So the conference is called Money in Esports. So I thought I would show a chart that showed where all the money is. And so the examples I just gave are that bottom 60%, right? Sponsorship is bringing in 40%. Advertising on the broadcast is bringing in 19%. There's still more growth in that space. And we're seeing the revenue numbers grow year on year as more content is getting created, more broadcasts are getting created, more events are being run, there's more opportunities and there's more inventory for sponsors to get involved. So why now? 
Why should you get involved? Why should you be part of esports, especially in this scene? And hopefully today you'll learn a little bit more. I think the industry is still very much in a learning phase on how do we go about commercialising this. Um, And I think brands are even more so. So from a brand point of view, you need to understand, well, there's new platforms here that we've never used before. How do we engage an audience on Twitch? What do we do, if anything, on Mixer? Do we think it's something we should be doing? What should we do, if anything, on Discord? What does it mean? How do we engage a community in that space? These are what brand marketers are faced with. Um, And definitely how to engage this audience. Um, It's an audience that's got a super high bullshit meter. They know when they're being advertised to. It has to be authentic um, and it has to mean something uh, for them. And then how do you activate to connect, right? The main thing is there's so much of esports is digital. You can watch it, pull out your phone, go to Twitch, hit the button and you can watch it. And so as we're getting more events, whether it be MEO, which is the Melbourne Esports Open, uh, run by the guys at ESL, that's going to be on at the end of this month, um, or PAX, which is a gaming convention that's held in Melbourne, how do you engage that audience as a brand? How do you be a part of that conversation? Authentic content, as I mentioned, I think at the minute it's an effective spend. I think it's undervalued as an asset right now. Um, It won't always be. We've seen uh, the the market develop in Europe and the prices have started going up. We're seeing the market develop in the US and the prices for advertisers to get in are going up. And so the opportunity is now get in early and uh, get started. So for us and what you want to be tackling, the esports strategy is very similar to what I've been doing for 10 years at Sports Geek, right? We've just added the E on the front of it. It's exactly the same as what's been happening over the past 10 years. Like, what content should you be producing? When you should be producing it? Who should you be uh, producing it with? What channels should you be playing on? Who should you partner with? Should you partner with a league? Should you partner with a tournament? Should you partner with a team? Should you acquire a piece of a team? These are multiple strategies that that are available. And then what does the data piece look like? That's what Ben's going to share a little bit later. And then what does in real life, IRL, what does that look like? What do events look like? How do you do an activation at a store? How do you, how do you connect esports stars and gaming stars with what you're trying to do? Because in the end, if you're a sponsor trying to get involved with, a, uh, with something, it's all about sales and you want to sell more stuff. So how do you get to that? How do you get to that point? So that's it for me for this. This is my team, Gravitas. I'm hoping someone nods at the back and says they're on a plane. Hey, they're on a plane. They will play tonight. As long as Shuey can move around all of the games, we'll still be playing. So to give you a bit of an idea, these are the five guys. Uh, Jackson Pabu is our top laner. He's 20. uh, No, he's 19. Uh, He was an all-star in Las Vegas, uh, I think three weeks after we signed him. And he went and played a one-on-one tournament and bet the three best players in the world. So imagine if, uh, imagine if Lou signed a, signed a player to his new A-League team and they just went and beat Ronaldo, Neymar. Uh, that's what Pabu did in his first week. Um, Jordan's also 19. Harry's our youngest. Um, he's 18 years old. And uh, we've got Julian and Daniel. Um, they form out our team. Daniel's from, from New Zealand. The names there, Pabu, Prelis, Harry, Ray, Decoy, they're their IGNs. 
in-game names. So if you're going to look, start getting into the world of esports, you need to know that everyone's going to have two names uh, so you can uh, learn more about them. So that's, that's it for me. New workshops on audience, content, distribution, valuation, and pitch following SportsGeek's Digital to Dollars process. Go to digitaltodollars.com. And that wraps up this episode of Money in Esports series. Um, these episodes are available both at sgesports.com and sportsgeekhq.com. So if you want to chat about esports, uh, please book in a time, sgesports.com. You can book in a call. Um, there will be another episode coming out tomorrow, and that will be a discussion about esports in Australia with representatives from Riot Games, Chiefs Esports Club, and Legacy Esports. So it's a really good conversation. I know you'll enjoy it. Um, also, don't forget, if you want to attend MEO, go to sgesports.com slash MEO Tour will give you a tour of Melbourne Olympic Parks, give you some understanding of the world of esports. If not, if you are attending um, and you uh, will be there, please drop by. We'll have a Gravitas and Summoner Society booth. Uh, come and meet some of the guys. And if you want to play some one-on-one, we are more than welcome to uh, uh, have you play at our booth. Uh, until next episode, you've been listening to the Money in Esports series on SportsGeek. My name is Sean Callanan, and you've been listening to SportsGeek. Join SportsGeek Nation access to exclusive Slack and Facebook groups with regular Q&A sessions with Sean Callanan. Go to sportsgeeknation.com to join. Need help with your digital rate card? Not sure how to price your assets? Is there a disconnect between digital and commercial? That is where Sean works best in digital divorce counselor mode. Book a time for a call with Sean to discuss the Sports Geek process. Go to sportsgeekhq.com slash phone call. Go to sportsgeekhq.com for more sports digital marketing resources. 